Now, for those of you who follow my personal social media pages, you know that I mentioned a while back that I had a big announcement that I was going to be making. Well, yesterday I officially went public with it, and I am happy to announce here on the Boochcast that Booch Fest is returning. And it is coming to the Anchor Bar in Kennesaw, Georgia. Located at 2708 Town Center Drive, Kennesaw, Georgia, 30144. Again, that address is 2708 Town Center Drive, Kennesaw, Georgia, 30144. The show will be taking place on November 3rd at 8 p.m. And that will be the first of many shows that will be taking place on a bi-weekly basis, which means starting November 3rd, every other Thursday, there will be a comedy showcase at the Anchor Bar. The show will be hosted by me, and it will feature some of the funniest comics the Atlanta comedy scene has to offer. Some have been doing it for years, some who are relatively new, and some who may even be stepping on a comedy stage for the very first time. All comedy acts, no matter how long they've been performing, are welcome to be in this show. So come on down for a great night of comedy as the Booch is taking over Kennesaw. And on December 10th, Combat Pro Wrestling presents Seasons Beatings at Eastside High School, located at 1300 Brushy Creek Drive, Taylor, South Carolina, 29687. Again, that address is 1300 Brushy Creek Road, Taylor, South Carolina, 29687. I, of course, will be the ring announcer for this event, and the show will be featuring special guest general manager, WWE Hall of Famer, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Also scheduled to appear are the Cowboy James Storm, the legendary Barbarian, the Greater Good, Garrett Sinclair, Forever Young, Devin Cruz, from AEW, Griff Garrison, the Russian Wolf, Neil Koloff, from Tosh.0, Dave Wills, it's still real to me, damn it, the All-American Blue Chipper, Chase Emery, Buckshot Brian Brock, NWA Tag Team Champions and NWA United States Tag Team Champions. The Heat Seekers. Born Scum, Chase Lovelace. Stan the Man Lee. From AEW Dark and Friday Night SmackDown, Marcus Cross. Outlaw Randy Wayne. From AEW Dark, The Brolic, Tyson Maddox. The Gimmick Destroyer, Dave Stage. And many, many more stars. Be sure to follow them on social media via Facebook at Combat Pro Wrestling, Twitter at Real Combat Pro, and on Instagram at Combat underscore Pro underscore Wrestling. To find out more information on superstars that will be added and when the tickets will be on sale. I am so excited to be part of this show. I look forward to ring announcing and I also look forward to seeing all of you in Taylor, South Carolina, as we do a benefit show for the Eastside High School Weightlifting Department. So come on out for a great show and let's help the students of Eastside High make some motherfucking games. I've tried, 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 and I've tried even more. I've cried, 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 and I can't recall what for. I press, I push, I build, I beg, hope that some success the inevitable fact that it never will. 
fucks to give My fucks have all run dry I've tried to go fuck shopping But there's no fucks left to buy I've got no fucks to give The more fucks I've tried to get I'm over my fuck budget And I'm now in fucking debt What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of AEW. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me here on The Booch Cast, he's been woken. Yep. He's been broken. Absolutely. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to The Booch Cast, the one, the only, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude? To do that, Sibley. Yeah, it's 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 me, the broke soulless ginger, Zach Scott, and usually I say it a positive way to somebody else's show, <clears throat> NXT, I say, ah, uh, here we go. For the second time in the road. There, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, do you do that? And maybe to the bitch. Is this? Oh, uh, not here we go. What the fuck was this garbage? <laughs> 
Seriously. No, 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 no. I ain't that. I was where I was at work. I'm sitting there waiting for the patch. All of a sudden, this atrocity. Hot complications. Hot complications. Fuckers. Go ahead. Okay, well, that'll give you a hint, ladies and gentlemen, as to what you can expect in this show. So, we're in uh, Boston, Mass, for this week's AW. And, and before we get into this, I found out on social media somebody showed an interesting, uh, interesting piece of information. Guess who was in the audience during this episode of AEW? John Cena Sr. Yes. I saw you caught that as well. Yes, I did. I saw that. I was like, okay. Yep. That's all it says with John Cena. I was like, that's not John Cena. It's John Cena, Cena you dumb yes. fucks. Yes. Well, it, technically it is John Cena. It's just not the John Cena that we know. That's his dad because his dad is um is, is also in the wrestling business. He's a uh, manager and stu- he does stuff in the, you know, on the indie scene. And he sometimes goes by John Cena Sr. He's also been known by the name Johnny Fabulous. Um, really? Yes. Well, he used to go by, well, he was using the John Cena name as just John Cena. And people would go to indie shows and expecting to see John Cena and we're in fact seeing John Cena and it was uh, upsetting a lot of people because people bought tickets thinking that John Cena was going to be at this indie show but ended up being his dad instead and also Vince was having issues with that and so John had to have a sit down talk with his dad and said look I know this is both of our government names but because WWE has intellectual property we're going to have to change it so he went by the name Johnny Fabulous and his catchphrase was it's good to be great but it's great to be fabulous that's catchy okay yeah like he is a great this this dude is legit a great manager, a great personality. And here's the thing about John Cena's dad. He has got a mind for the fucking business. There is a show called Fabulous Fridays. It doesn't exist anymore. But there's archived episodes if you go to the MWF's um, YouTube channel. And I watched every episode. Uh, I binged it. It was uh, called Fabulous Fridays. It was with John Cena seeing this guy, Dan Marotti, uh, who's a promoter for Boston Wrestling Federation. Um, and the thing is, the reason the show doesn't exist anymore is because sadly about a year ago, uh, Dan Marotti passed away, so that's why the show no longer exists, but he was doing, he was hosting shows with, he had a Fabulous Friday show with Cena Sr., he would do Party with Marty, he would talk with Marty Jannetty, he had a show with Tony Atlas until they had a falling out. <laughs> Marty Jannetty. Yes, so uh, he had a show with uh, Tony Atlas until <laughs> they fell through, so they did a lot of, um, he did a lot of shows with a lot of people, and he also, they did shoot interviews with a lot of wrestlers, and he even had a Patreon page that he was using, and the money he was raising from the show was to help keep the legends working during the pandemic. At the time this show was airing, the pandemic had, had gone on, so obviously because of lockdown, a lot of wrestlers weren't getting a lot of work. That's where all the uh, the virtual signings came into play that sometimes some people still do today. It was a way to get, was a way for legends to make money while they're on lockdown. It was having, you know, virtual signings where they would sign, you know, merchandise or auction things off, like uh, Buff did two of them when I worked for him. Like, he had two virtual signings um, and that was like one at WrestleCade where we auctioned off a lot of his shit. <laughs> we we auctioned off like his football helmet from high school. Uh, we ended off his uh, Day of the Warrior headdress thing that I got to wear and dance around. I dan- I did like an Indian warrior dance that made uh, <laughs> that made the uh, co-host whose name I will not mention uh, uncomfortable. Uh, but I didn't give a fuck. I was having fun. It was hilarious. People were laughing. Uh, if you got offended, fuck you. <laughs> but it was great. So uh, so it was cool to see John Cena Senior in the crowd. And like I said, go to the MWF um, YouTube channel. Check out Fabulous Friday. Fridays, and you'll see. Now, a lot of the stuff they're going to say is outdated because it's from 2020 to 2021 and all that shit, but you see John Cena Sr. has a great mind for the business. So, shout out to that, and uh, rest in peace, Dan Marotti. And on that note, we're going to kick things off with our first official match of the evening. We have ourselves an eight-man tag team match. Swerve in our glory, and the Gun Club takes on FTR and the Acclaimed. You know what I noticed? That Keith Lee did not want to be there. Yeah. And everything else. Okay, this was 
most difficult bullshit. Spots, 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 spots,
coat, and they all celebrate by raising their belts in the ring. Makes sense. Yes. <laughs> oh no, this whole match was a big fuck up. I'm done with this. Are you? Yeah. But yeah. this is just the beginning. I know. Yeah. So now, all of a sudden, we cut to MJF, who is on a podcast called Pardon My Take, which is the number one sports podcast in the world, apparently. And they cut to the interview, and he says he's worried about full gear. And now people don't understand why it's the most important match in wrestling. It could be the crowning of a new face of a generation. He names Ric Flair, The Rock, John Cena, Hulk Hogan, Dusty Rhodes, etc. as generational talents. He says that's who MJF is. All he has to do is etch his name into history and have a long, fruitful reign. He thinks Mox is a scumbag piece of shit from the slums, but he respects him. He calls him unathletic, but says he respects all his sacrifices and says he's the best wrestler on God's green earth. It ends at full gear because MJF is the guy who can do everything. TV, movies, talk shows, etc. He can bring pro wrestling back to where people can talk about it again. He's sick of waiting his turn. He talks about his first match being against a neck tattoo. Matt Hardy's fall on All Out. And his return was marred by a press conference. He is grabbing the spotlight and come full gear, the devil gets his due. This right here was uh, probably the only really entertaining thing of the whole night. MJF basically said, like, I don't like you, but I respect you. Name all the greats. Basically said, this like all the generations started with them. And if you can start a new generation, I'm looking forward to it because I think he might just actually pull it off. And not to mention it in his hometown, too. Let's see what jersey he wears this time. Well, since he's a baby face, I see him wearing something Giants or Jets, um, depending on the situation. I don't, because here's the thing, and this is an example of what I've talked about before, because the number one thing that everybody is scared about in professional wrestling right now is that if MJF becomes a baby face, it's going to kill who he is. That people are going to be worried that MJF can't be MJF unless he's a heel. But, again, I've said it before, if MJF is as gifted and talented as he says he is, or as the wrestling world claims him to be, he'll pull it off. And this is an example of him pulling it off while still being MJF. He's like, look, you're a scumbag from the slums, but I respect you. You know, you're unathletic. He basically told John Moxley he's not talented, but he respects his hard work and his grits. That's the blend that you can do. And again, I said it before, all MJF has to do is redirect his verbal assaults at the heels instead of the baby faces or whoever his opponent is. Don't insult the fans unless you're ball busting them. And don't cheat. That's it. That's all he has to change. It's not that much of a shift. He just to shift those few minor things. It is possible for him to still be MJF. It's a different side to MJF. And it needs to happen because he's too loved to continue to be a heel. Because it's bad for business to have your heel outshine your baby face. It's not good business. It's just not. When someone gets loved that much, you gotta switch in baby face. Now, obviously, John Cena was an exception to this because as hated as he was, they never turned him heel because he was too marketable as a baby face. Because the only people that were hating him were smart marks. <clears throat> I said what I said. Me. I make no apologies. Um, but here's the thing. Everything he said was true. His first match, he said neck tattoo. He's obviously referring to Cody Rhodes and the neck tattoo that he has. Because that was his first big match in AEW was against Cody Rhodes. And they had a hell of a great match. Then, when he had all out, he had another great match, but but unfortunately, the thing everybody talked about was Matt Hardy do, fighting Sammy G. I think, it was, I think it was Sammy Guevara. And when he fell off that scaffold and damn near got a concussion, but was still able to get up, finish the match, but it was awkward as fuck. And it, was an, and it was one of the few times where Elvis was bashing AEW. Like, nowadays, he hates it completely. But back then, you had to really fuck up to get Elvis to call you out. And on that particular night, they fucked up and Elvis called them out. Because that was Matt Hardy's bad concussion. Because again, they were doing stupid shit. They shouldn't have 
fucking done. And then he came, he finally comes back at this year's All Out, but all anybody talks about is CM Punk putting the Elite in their place and the aftermath of that. So everything MJF, everything gets, something else always overshadows what MJF is doing. That's why he wants, at full gear, he wants people to remember MJF winning the title. So as long as nothing stupid happens else on this show with any of the matches on the card, MJF should have that should he win the title. And if he does not leave full gear as the champion, this company deserves to go out of business. Well, like I always say, time can only tell. Yep. Okay. And then we come back, we see a video We see a, a video from Stokely Hathaway who talks about how he and MJF used to see eye to eye, and now he's just dick riding Moxley. He says he doesn't need his best friend anymore. See you in hell, Max. Uh, did they beat the shit out of Maxwell? Well, I don't know why he's pissed, and MJF is not dick riding John Moxley. Okay, I don't understand this promo right here. Did you? Yeah, I did. He's he's angry because, here's the thing, MJF and Stokely Hathaway were working together because they have history. He had he had the faction on retainer, so he wasn't like, he wasn't part of the firm, he just had the firm hiring to do his dirty work. But then he said, he told them, don't lay a hand on Moxley. I need him at 100%, so there's no excuses when I beat him. And the firm went out and attacked Moxley. So MJF came out and said, and told him to stop and, and fired him. Basically said, I'm done with you guys. You didn't want to listen to me. So they snapped and beat the hell out of MJF and put him to that table. So that's why he's saying they're making it clear the firm and MJF are done. That's, this is what's starting MJF on the path to becoming a babyface. And like I said, they don't have to, and like I said before, MJF doesn't have to be a full-fledged babyface. He just has to make a few shifts in his character and he'll be fine. I don't expect MJF to come out and be kissing babies and hugging fat girls, okay? I expect him to just don't cheat, make fun of the heels, don't badmouth the fans. That's it. Those are the only three changes he has to make. Other than that, go at it. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. God help us all. An AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament match where the finals will be taking place at full gear. All ego, Ethan Page versus Eddie Kingston. You don't call this a match? No, it's a match. If I didn't think it was a match, I would say if we even want to call it that. I just said, dear God, help us all because I hated it. It's a match, but I didn't like it. I like it somewhat. I mean, Eddie Kingston's out there and you know what the problem I've been pointing at this for the last, I don't know, year with him? You know what that is? What? If you're going to be a professional wrestler, lay off the cheeseburgers, Eddie. I mean, this was okay. I was like, it was boring as shit. I was like, okay, I'm going to get this out of the way. And I'm surprised that uh, poor Eddie Kingston did not break his neck or get a concussion when Ethan Page hit his finisher, the avalanche, whatever it's called. I was like, okay. I was like, that's unsafe right there. I was like, and his head bounced too. I was like, for a second there, I thought Eddie was going to win, but he did it in that ditty. So this match sucked. My life is complete shit right now. Moving on. Okay. Well, I don't know why I said that. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> that's like, oh my God, this match sucked. My life is over. Jesus, dude, put down the razor blades. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Oh, I fight me. You're the one saying my life sucks right now. I'm just, don't get mad oh, at me. Your life's any better? Yeah. I mean, Jesus, man. It's just a match. But, um, anyway. Oh, yeah. This is coming from you. Yeah. I never once had a bad, I never once saw a match that sucked to the point where my life sucked. I just said the match sucked. I've never said my life sucked after watching a match. I just got angry and pissed off. But, is that what you call it? Yes. But that's neither here nor there. My point is this. Um, <laughs> this match was not that great. I didn't think this was a great match. I thought it was, I thought, I, I thought it could have been better. Um, you know, I think Eddie Kingston deserved the win instead of fucking Ethan Page. And I just felt like I was watching just a slugfest. Like, it wasn't even a match. It was just stupid. It was boring. I had no interest in it. And, like I said, the wrong guy won. You know, Grant, he did the ego's edge off the top rope. You know, so I guess the finish looked great. But as far as a match goes, I was not enjoying any of it. I just wasn't, I didn't like it. You know, because I'm not a fan yeah, of these. I'm not a fan of 
fan of these eliminator tournaments because there's no stars in the tournament. Like, you look at half these people and go, okay, 90% of this tournament, none of you fuckers deserve a title shot at the world title. None of you are world title material. Eddie Kingston, I could see him being world champion. Ethan Page, never in a billion years would I put the world title on him. This is this is, this is a waste of time. Because obviously they have a show called Winter is Coming in December, and whoever wins the tournament will face either John Moxley or MJF, and Ethan Page won, I don't give a fuck. This, this is a waste of time. So then we cut to, after the match, we see Renee interviewing Roosh in the Dark Order. He claims Roosh will win it all, and that 10 will get the first title shot because he respects him. But the Dark Order isn't going to get one ever. John Silver calls him a Roosh bag as they scuffle, and we cut to the ring. Boring. Absolutely had two factions that I personally cannot stand. The Dark Order and Roosh, even though it says Rush. Dare you, sir. God bless you, Anyway, Anyways, so I thought this was stupid and pointless and boring and moving on. Yeah. I didn't like it. I'm uh, dumb. Completely wasted my fucking time. This whole fucking car was a whole goddamn waste of my motherfucking time. Yeah. And this was just stupid. It was. There was no point to this. Roosh is not winning this whole thing, and even if he does, he's not going to become the world champion. The fact that people would even put him as a caliber of a world champion speaks volumes to how minor league AEW is. I'm sorry. I look at some of these people in this tournament, and I'm like, this is like minor league wrestling. There's no fucking way this can be a top company, and these guys are going to be your main event champions. You have fucking legends who can still go, and none of them are even sniffing this title, but yet you'll give it to nope. some underling who's been on dark and elevation for most of his fucking career. Like, <laughs> that that just shows how not smart Tony is. And he's smart. He just doesn't know what he's doing. Here's the thing. He's a smart businessman, but when it comes to wrestling, he don't know shit. No, he does not. And the people who do know shit either can't convince him otherwise or just want to kiss his ass. Oh. Yeah. Next, we cut to... Oh, God, this fucking shit. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Aria Davari is in the ring and offers his own butler services for the TNT title, which enrages Wardlow when he comes out. Um, Before we get to the match. This one here... Um, no. I was like, uh, Devari, what the fuck you do? Offers Butler up to Warlow. As soon as I heard him say TNT champion, I said, yeah, this is going to be very, ended very, very uh, easily. And no. I was like, you poor, you dumb fucking idiot. Go back to wherever you came from, please. I never liked you, Devari. Piss off, asshole. You fucking prick. And no. I'm on strike. No, 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 no. Fuck you. If I can't go on strike, you can't go on strike. No. I'm on strike. I'm going to tell you why I'm on strike. Because there's Stealing gimmicks! <laughs> this motherfucker ripped off my goddamn gimmick! Oh. This is some bullshit! <laughs> this is some bull fucking shit! <laughs> God damn it, they're stealing gimmicks. I'm on strike. No, There's only no. one butler, and that is Vincenzo. Fuck this bullshit. Ready? Uh, can you help me out here? I, I, no, I'm too pissed off. I need to get the fuck out of the room. Mr. ready? it's okay. It's okay. There's no God. There's no God. It's okay. This is this is bullshit. They stole my fucking gimmick. Fuck this shit. I see butler, I'm like, you lazy motherfucking gimmick-stealing pieces of shit. And what the fuck does Davari have a butler for? It's me. The, the, why? Am I supposed to believe know. he's rich? If he's rich, it's probably because Tony paid him money that he doesn't deserve to fucking have. This guy hasn't drawn money anywhere in the fucking business. He's related to somebody who
who's a bigger draw than he'll ever be. And they put a butler on TV. I'm fuck this. There's only one butler in professional wrestling, and that's me. Fuck this to death. And then we move on to the next match of the evening. If we even want to call it that. For the TNT Championship, Wardlow defends the title oh. against Arya Davari. Uh, Liddy, you know what? I you know what I do in these type of matches. What? I timed it. Okay. One minute and forty-seven seconds. You know what the problem is? What? That's still too fucking long. Yeah. Um, this one here was fucking horrible. I was, I was like, I saw, I was like, I saw the plot line. I was like, the back of my head I was like, wait a minute here. I was like, uh oh. <laughs> I was like, oh boy. I was like, this is, oh, you even gimmick motherfuckers. And this one minute and forty-seven seconds, I life will ever get back. So fuck this bullshit. No, what? Fuck this. I'm Fuck this all to death. There is no god. This is bullshit. I would hate. I would hate this with all my heart, but I don't fucking have one anymore. (laughs) This made me so goddamn mad. Really? Yes. You get mad for something like this? Never. Yeah. <laughs> what are you, you going to do next? Bring a soulless ginger onto your fucking roster, AEW? Hey, what did I do? You going to walk around saying dude and dudettes all around the fucking ring? Oh, boy, take it out on me. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I ain't doing nothing wrong. What, you fucking guess. start, don't you do it. I Let swear me, to God. Yeah. What are his backstage segments going to be? Washing the dishes and catering? Motherfuckers. Why are you getting mad? I'm not making fun of you. I'm just making a point. I thought you were making fun of me. I no, think... I'm not making fun of you. I'm saying, I'm saying that they they would steal your that's it is your gimmick you're a ginger you're we, we do the soulless thing here and you're a dishwasher did i say anything about you that wasn't true really have to, that's what i'm saying I, if well, they did that, why that would, would be, anybody, your gimmick's way more worth stealing than mine well yeah but why would everybody want to take that in the first place i don't fucking know I, i'm just saying they steal shit all the time that's a horrible example well, why not hey if they can steal my gimmick they'll probably come after you if you're, if you're stealing from me, you're desperate for content. That's what you are. All right. Oh, God. God just get this done last. <laughs> <laughs> All right. After this, Wardlow immediately calls out Hobbs, and he obliges. He says, oh, we God. do this on my time. Wardlow says, finally, he has a suitable opponent. And Wardlow says he's going to keep the TNT title and take every championship in this company. As Samoa Joe all of a sudden takes out Wardlow, chokes him out. Wardlow's completely out cold as Hobbs is laughing on the ramp. Joe stares at Wardlow and whispers something as Hobbs screams, I'll get you too. At Joe. Why? I don't know. I saw this. I was like, what the fuck is this? I was like, what the hell are you doing? You gotta get him a tag team champions. Okay, AEW, you fucking dipshit boys, Tony Khan. I think you need to go talk to Triple H to get some advice. I don't know. Or maybe Vinny Ducci. Or even Gaby Ricky Ross. But no. You wanna pull some dipshit fucking crap. I ain't really start. I'm really, really starting to hit you, AEW. You really guys, you get your head out of your ass. Or you guys are gonna go bye bye. Just like, ooh, that company, wow. What what company was that then again? WCW and ECW. Ding 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 ding. You are Carvexer. You are net. You are smart. Oh. This but. was again. Why? This makes no logical sense. Why? Because Wardlow says he'll take every championship. What is Samoa Joe scared of Wardlow now? I'm pretty sure no. Wardlow's not gonna touch Samoa Joe's title. And even That's if he was, useless. he would come to him face to face like a man and say, "Hey, may the best man win." Or you could have did something where they do a winner take all. If Wardlow Wardlow was to take every championship belt, and the only one left was him and Joe. They could have did a winner-take-all, winner-garners-all-the-belts, or something like that. There could have been a way to do this. But you had an effective tag team that you just now broke up, which makes no logical sense. Because now, well, I'm expecting to see Wardlow versus Hobbs at full gear. Now, it looks like they're probably going to make it a triple threat. Oh, boo. With Wardlow, Hobbs, and Samoa Joe. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's only one way you could make this match even remotely entertaining. For both Tom. 
Estrada's on the line. Make it a two-fall triple threat match. Like the first pinfall will get the Ring of Honor TV title. The second pinfall gets the TNT title. And so they did, so they did with WrestleMania 2000, WrestleMania 16, when uh, Kurt, it was Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit versus Chris Jericho. And That's fucking brilliant right there. And yeah, because Kurt Angle at the time had both the European and the Intercontinental title. In fact, he was calling himself the Euro Continental Champion. And at that pay-per-view, he lost both his belts because Benoit walked out with the Intercontinental title and Jericho walked out with the European title. So Kurt Angle ended up losing both his belts that night. So we can have, yeah, so have either a double champion or somebody walks out with nothing or one, one person walks out with one belt, one person walks out with the other belt. Both the people retain, which is not going to happen. That could happen too. That'd be weird. But I'm just saying, that, I would prefer that. Put both titles on the line. Three of those gigantic dudes in that ring at the exact same damn time. Oh God, that's going to be a bloodbath from hell. Oh yeah. That's going to be some shit you see on Game of Thrones and Vikings. Oof. And then after that, we cut to the backstage area with Renee, who's there with uh, Jade and the baddies. And we officially oh, announced that at full gear, it's going to be Jade Cargill versus Nyla Rose for the TBS title. She talks some trash and abruptly walks off. Um, no. Nah. Nah, me neither. Okay, I don't like these two women. I don't care who wins. It's a useless title. Once again, don't care. It's boring. Boo-hoo. Way-way. Moving on. Let's go. No more. Okay. Yeah. All I can say is this. What? I'll find it funny if Nyla Rose wins this match. I will laugh my ass off. <laughs> I will laugh uncontrollably. Why? Because she has been defending that belt and whooping everybody's ass, but then she gets beat up by a dude in a dress. That's going to be fucking hilarious. Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't care if I get letters. That's going to be fucking hilarious to me. If you get letters, you can take her on gate if you want. I'm just saying. <laughs> you're beating all these women and you lose to a tranny. That's going to be point. fucking hilarious. I'm sorry. That's funny to me. I don't give a fuck what you say. That's going to be funny as hell to me. If Nyla Rose wins at full gear, I will laugh my fuck. I'm going to be on the full gear recap laughing uncontrollably. It's going to be hilarious. Oh, boy. And on that note, we're going to move on to the next match here. Uh, we got uh, Tony Schiavone is in the ring as he introduces his very good friend, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. She strolls out to the ring and eventually makes her way in the ring. Soraya is announced next as she comes out to a huge pop. Baker looks none too pleased in the ring as Soraya dances and sings around the ring before she taunts on the corner. Tony's in the middle of both women and starts with Soraya. She says, people are wondering, will I or won't I wrestle? They did test, but unfortunately for Britt, I am 100% clear. The crowd goes absolutely bananas as the emotion takes over Soraya and she screams, AEW is my house. Baker says, anything, there's, is there anything more fickle than an AEW fan? You still know how to do this. We aren't clear. You've come at me every day and I think I know why. I built AEW from the ground up that superstars like you wanted to move into and I'm damn proud of it. The crowd chants DMD. That pride turns to resentment when you skip in here and call it your house. I call it funny you didn't lay a single brick. I know why you're obsessed with me. I am everything you wish you could have been. If you think I'm lying, let me remind you, you left your house and walked into mine. I regret to inform you we don't take walk-ins, so bitch make an appointment. I think it's cute considering you got everything given to you and you've only been here three years. I've done it you have no idea what it takes to be a star or even a superstar. This is Soraya talking now. I got hit by a car and wrestled the same day. I handed out resumes and got turned down because I was a woman. I've done MSG, the O2 Arena, and the Tokyo Dome, and now I'm in front of an ungrateful bitch. You don't know what it takes. I battled my drug addiction publicly. I've been humiliated publicly. I've given my career and neck for this business. This is the biggest match of your career. You versus me at full gear. Soraya drops the mic and they stare off. Stare off. Britt tries for a cheap shot 
shot, but Soraya catches her and hits the page. Turner gets out of the ring, and she walks off. She celebrates as Baker is pissed at ringside. This right here was, once again, the very only thing that was entertaining. These two women took shots at each other very well. But uh, Soraya has a very good point. I was like, yeah, you've been here for a question some, but I've been doing this way longer than you. And she says, I've done a lot of stupid shit, and you did. That's all I'm going to say. And so forth and so on. This right here, this, prom- this skit right here, this promo was absolutely fantastic. Both women said what they had to say, and Breaker tries to hit the cheap shot. Paige says, uh-uh, and this is why I'm still me. It's her finisher move, and walks off. I thought this was absolutely fantastic. Why were they only the promos a good thing tonight? It was stellar. It was Both women were stellar. First of all, here's why it was great. First of all, we finally got the answer we've been fucking waiting for. Soraya is 100% medically clear. She can now wrestle, which means that Tony Khan made a good investment. Because if she can't get in the ring, she's a waste of space and money. But now she can draw money for this company, provided she's given the chance to draw money from this company and doesn't get sandbagged or fucked over by any of these AEW originals who get threatened every time somebody who can outdraw them, out-wrestle them, and outclass them gets a fucking job here. Because Tony's trying to make money and they just want to have fun. And so we're going to see what she can do. Because she hasn't been in a ring in a long time. So full gear is going to be her chance to show what can happen. And Britt Baker, she came with heavy hits. Like, first of all, AEW fans, yes, they are fickle as fuck. Very fickle as fuck. Don't believe me? Ask CM Punk. He'll tell you just how fickle these fuckers really are. AEW fans are the most easily offended, easily triggered, and easily manipulated fans to ever exist in professional wrestling. And the reason they are is because if you make even the slightest criticism about this company, they go fucking insane. They're one of those people that's like, you have to love everything about them or nothing at all. There is no in-between. Oh, trust me. I've met a lot of people who are like that, and I don't associate with those fucking people anymore. I'm sorry. If something's wrong with you, I'm gonna fucking tell you what it is. You know, if you got a problem, I'll tell you what the problem is. Now, if you don't want to hear it, that's fine. I'll keep my mouth shut, but don't expect me to think that everything about a person is 100% perfect. You know why? Because no one's 100% perfect. Myself included. But that's why every time I say something, I always say 9 out of 10. Because there's always that 10% chance I could be wrong about something. But 90% of the time, I'm right. You are. But I always leave room for that 10% where I might be wrong. It doesn't happen often, but it does happen. Okay? Only a Sith deals in absolutes. Now we got, and of course, and of course here, uh, she's also talking about how, like, I built this from the ground up. And you always hear fucking, that's what, every every time as a company, there's always, whether it's, whether it was AEW or TNA or whatever, there's always the originators that are like, we built this company, we started this company, blah, 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 blah. I hate it. It's the cliche statement. It's like, yes. We built this city and rock and roll. And I'm going to say the same thing to them that Scott Steiner said to the TNA originals. You're here because you had no other options. That's the truth. Before AEW was formed, most of these originals were jacking around the indie circuit. Some of y'all were making good money. Some of y'all were getting a hot dog and a handshake. And then one day, Tony Khan showed up. He met with the elite. They convinced Tony to give them money. And Tony started this wrestling company. And then they went and brought in all their friends. And they didn't care if they could draw money. They didn't care if they could profit. They didn't care if they knew how to work. All they knew was, we like to jack around and do stupid shit. So we're going to bring in our friends to come play with us. And that's what we're going to do. And Tony did it because he needed a fucking roster to start his company. Because when you start a wrestling company, you need to get talent wherever you can. And some of the big names are in WWE. And WWE doesn't let their talent go to the indies. So you had to figure shit out. But then eventually, 
WWE decided one day, we're going to let some of these people go. We got, we're doing budget cuts in a pandemic, so all these people are gone. And Tony took one look at that and went, oh shit, and started grabbing motherfuckers wherever he could. Why? Because Tony is a businessman. That's why when you hear the elite say dumb shit like, we don't need any, any ex-WWE guys. We got a perfect roster right here. He had to sit them down and go, listen, children, I am a businessman. I want to make money. I'm not here for play play. So if these guys can come in here and draw me money, I'm going to sign them. And some of your friends who couldn't draw money if I handed them a green crayon, some of these fuckers are going out the door. The only difference is Tony doesn't have the balls to release anybody, except for Jimmy Havoc and apparently CM Punk, allegedly. We don't know what's going on with that yet. But most of the time, he's like, he just lets contracts expire and then bye-bye. He can't bring himself to look at somebody and go, you ain't cutting it, you're fired. Apparently he doesn't have the balls to fire people. Vince McMahon, that was all, he never had a problem firing people. Hell, he fired Ultimate Warrior after he came through the curtain at SummerSlam 91. As soon as he chased off Bobby Heenan with a chair, he said, you're fired, get the fuck out of my building. There you go. So, simple as that. So then she turns into all this other shit and she does the whole walk-ins, make an appointment because that's what doctors and dentists say all the time. So it was a good play on words. But then Paige responded with everything she's been through in her career and how she basically showed, look, I'm a bad bitch. I've been doing this since I was 17. I've had to overcome, you know, gender discrimination. Uh, I had to overcome injuries, accidents. I've been, I've had a drug addiction. She was publicly humiliated when all those sex videos came out. Like, she's been through some shit. And she suffered a career, uh, a potential career ending neck injury that ultimately caused WWE to not put her back in the ring. So, she's been through some shit. And that's what was great. Britt Baker had good shots, but Paige, I'll call her Paige because I like, it's, it's better to say in Soraya, she battled back with everything she had. They made this a must-see match at full gear. Hands down. The highlight, one of the highlights one of the highlights of the promo. In fact, I think this promo was better than the one MJF made. And that's rare. Mm. <coughs> Zach, you have any final okay. thoughts or do you want to move on? No, 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 no. I thought I was playing on you. I'm sorry. No, right. no, no, no. You said what you had to say. I said what I had to say. Move it on, sir. All right. That was a good promo. Yes. So, Lexi is talking with Sanjay, the factory, Lethal, and Satnam. Basically giving him the money for, you know, the Carter guy helping them out, whatever. Next, we have Dan Housen interrupting with the best friends. Uh, apparently, he's upset that they ruined his Halloween, whatever the fuck that means. Uh, QT talks trash to Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy immediately sets a match versus QT on Rampage for the All-Atlantic title. Best friends called Dutt and Lethal Scumbags and Trent challenges Lethal to a match later in the night. Boring. Don't care. I just like being a lot of people who I don't like at all, except for Dunn Housing. I enjoyed him. That's about it. This sec, I don't care. Yeah, moving on. In fact, um, you know what? I'm gonna move on. I'm tired. I need to get out of the room. For oh, fuck. Alright, folks. Uh, alright. We're just sitting here. <laughs> Here. Apparently, Vinny had to go do something. Yes, yes, Danhausen here. Very nice, very evil, very famous, very elite. Catchphrase, catchphrase. Yes, I saw uh, Danhausen saw an empty chair. Um, I believe I heard I, I heard the gingerbread Housen. Is he still here? Yes, I'm here. How are you doing, Danhausen? Uh, well, uh, not not so good. Uh, as you could, as you saw, uh, they they messed up Danhausen's Halloween. Uh, that that was not 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 very good. Uh, Danhausen uh, enjoys his Halloweens, his trick or treatings, his uh, he likes his Halloween candies, his Halloween soups, his Halloween ice creams, and uh, that's why uh, the 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 factory will forever be cursed. That's what happens when you mess with that. 
Danhausen's uh, Halloween. It's a uh, it's a great day. I get to hang out with all the uh, the ghosts, the ghost housings, the goblin housings, the uh the witch housings. The... Okay. In fact, just just last just, in fact uh, this past Halloween, uh, I went to a haunted housing. How was the haunted housing? Uh haunted housing was was was, was a splendid. Yes. Uh, there was uh they had a lot of good actors. Yes. Uh, even that they actually asked uh, Danhausen to uh, make a cameo appearance. Um, of course I had to make sure they paid me lots of monies because uh, Danhausen no work for freezies. Nope. No no freeze no freezies. Absolutely not. Uh, what about you? Did you enjoy your Halloweens? I was working. No, I was hanging out with Vinny. I hung out on Halloween, or well, I was working. I don't remember. Was I working? Uh, no, I was not working. <laughs> Vinny and I did some important things that day. I was on a Monday. Uh, yes. Uh, I, there are important things. Um, I believe. I assume. I assume since you're not going into details, these are things you cannot reveal at this current moment. That cannot is... reveal them. If I do that, Vinny will kill me. Ah uh, yes. Ah, uh, yeah. The Boochhausen. Yes. I do not want him to. Uh, we do not want him to kill the Gingerbread Housing. Uh, the Gingerbread Housing is. Uh, uh, Dan Dan Housing likes the Gingerbread Housing. So uh, I would not let. I do not want that to happen. Um. Uh. For because uh, we cannot curse the boot housing because uh we don't have a lot of good we don't have a lot of good analysts left. Nope. So uh we need to keep him around. Yes. Um. Uh, Dan needs him alive because he he uh he's one of the few people that gives praises to Dan Housen, So I can always appreciate that. Yes. Um. But yeah. So they are uh, the the lethal and the satinum uh housings. Uh. They yes. They ruined Dan Housen's Halloween. Uh. Not not very interesting. Uh. There are a lot of cheats. Uh. Dan Housen not a big fan of the other teachers. No. Um. And of course. Uh, they're going to have a match on Rampa on the Rampage housing, and uh, I don't know. Uh, hopefully, you guys will uh, come and see the match. I'm sure uh, I'll be making an appearance. Um, but of course, Rampage can be boring at times. So if you miss the Rampage, I will not curse you. But if 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 but if Dan Housen's ever on Dynamite and you and you miss, you be cursed. On that note, uh, I'm going to uh, head off now. I'm uh, very sleepy. Yes, need to go get uh, take naps. And uh, uh, also uh, Gingerbread Housing, uh, as always, I, I'm a pleasure to talk to you. And may your enemies forever be cursed. Thank you, Dan Housen. Good talk to you there, pal. Thank you. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Thank you for supporting Dan Housen. All right, so I just, I just got back from the bathroom. Sorry, I had to step out of the room for a minute. That segment was boring as fuck. But anyway, uh, we move on to the next match of the evening. We got uh, Trent Beretta versus Jay Lethal. Actually, to tell you the truth, this is actually the match of the night for me. I enjoyed the living shit out of it. The trick brands are actually wrestling. This means at least the best friends, but these two guys beat the living shit out of each other. It was back and forth. A lot of flips, a lot of kicks, but it was somewhat entertaining to me. But what I liked was when the power down hasn't hit the low blow, got hit by in the head. Uh, did uh, Trent Beretta um, drop kicked uh, uh, Carly 2.0? He stumbles, didn't seem uh, to hit of him. And uh, Jay Lethal hit the lethal injection. One, two, three. Yeah. It, well, yeah. I, I mean, I, and I enjoyed it too, mostly because as I mentioned before, Trent Beretta is the one member of the best friends that's actually worth fucking watching. I really he's wish. He's not that bad. He really is. I see what he likes. He's, he's, he's yeah. Can I can move on. <laughs> yeah. He, he's a great worker. He's entertaining. It's, he's a hell of a lot. Like I say, he's a hell of a lot better than the other two idiots. I wish he'd get away from those other two idiots, but doesn't look like that's gonna happen. But um, either way, it, it works. Um, of course, uh, Dan Housen tries to curse uh, Sanjay, or he curses Sanjay, and then gets laid out by uh, by a uh, Satnam. They forever be cursed. Okay, dude, you already had your time. Can you leave now? You now. Sorry, Dan Housen. I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, just had to uh, make that clear. Uh, Sanjay will forever be cursed, and uh, I will curse Satnam as well. Okay, Dan Housen, you can leave. Go, go, go. Don't think right. me to him. What? Don't be mean to him. How dare you, sir? Why not? You ask him nicely to leave. You ask him nicely to leave. Say what? Don't Why don't you it. ask him nicely to leave and I'll tell him to get the fuck out of my chair? Well, then you should have never left your chair to go take a piss at a, at a very important time. This was a very important time? Really? We're supposed to be recapping because it's 1230 in the fucking morning. I want to go eat something and go watch my show. Sorry to inconvenience your show. Well, it's not taking, taking piss breaks at an important time. All right. Sorry. <laughs> next, next time. Next time, I'll, 
bucket folks. Next, next time I'll put a bucket under my desk. All right. Anyway, after this, uh, Tony is on the ramp interviewing Sanjay and Lethal as Sanjay tells him to shut up and sit down. Why is why is Tony even there? I I, I hate the fact. I hate when they do this. I really do. Like, look, if you don't want Tony Schiavone interviewing anybody, oh no, not this. Then just don't fucking put him there. Just have somebody hand them a mic. This is this is stupid. I mean, it's goddamn ridiculous. Why is he even leaving the broadcast table? Then um he delivers a promise last week as Jeff Jarrett's music hits and he makes his way out. This is now a 5-5 show regardless. Jarrett says after a million views on of his debut, the question is why? He said when a friend calls, a friend shows up. I showed up to help and we started our plan last week. He talks about the history between Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and himself giving nods to Global Force as well as Impact because for those of you who may not know, Jeff Jarrett was the original founder of TNA Wrestling that's currently known as Impact. He started the company, Brian a bunch of people. Uh, later, Dixie Carter took it over. Uh, Jeff got event, and then Jeff eventually uh, left the company uh, after he uh, had an affair with Kurt Angle's wife that he's currently married to today. Um, and then he eventually started Global Force Wrestling, which was on the verge of becoming a big major thing. And I've seen their the tapings of some of their of their episodes, and Global Force had the potential to be something great. It really did. It's a shame it didn't get off the ground because that was a great fucking show. They had a lot of great shows, a lot of great talent, but just ugh, couldn't get that extra oomph. So he talks about that, and then he praises Satinum as being a legitimate giant and calls out fake giants in red skinny jeans, which is basically them kind of, you know, going off on Braun... That was a dig at Braun Strowman, just so you know. Uh, he praises his NBA accomplishments of being the only, uh, f- like, you know, full-blooded Indian player in the NBA. He talks about putting people in body bags, and he cusses out a guy for winding him up for time, trying to get him to wrap up, and and he chases the guy down with a guitar as Sanjay stops him as Jarrett's music hits. And then we find out that at full gear, it's going to be Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal teaming up to face Sting and Darby Allen. Take Sting and Darby, uh, take Jay Lethal and, uh, and uh, the evil shithead and put Sting and Jeff Jarrett. Oh, God. Dude, you know how big of a crowd reactions that's going to be when those two both get tagged in the exact same time? They're slowly going to get in the ring. And I'm telling you, that crowd's going to go fucking off. And they don't. AWR, if they Based on the most pathetic thing in the whole wide world. Oh yeah, it's like Yankee fans. Anyways, I want to see. I want to see Sting and Jarrett in the ring because those two could still. Here's the thing: those two could still go. They've worked with each other in the past, and they could put on a great match. They really can. Side, side note: uh, Did you know that Elvis can't, does not like Jeff Jarrett? Yes, we've established that. Elvis and I have had conversations. He's told me he said this was pretty much the final nail in the coffin of him saying "fuck AEW, I'm done with this shit" because he does not like Jeff. Jarrett at all. Um, I personally have no issues with Jeff Jarrett. I've met him in person and he was super nice to me. And that's all I need to know. All right. Jeff Jarrett was nice to me. He was supportive of my comedy. I got to meet him. I got to see him again at WrestleCade. We had a great conversation. So Jeff Jarrett is a guy that he's cool in my book just for that. Um, I know Elvis doesn't like him. I get why. And he it's because as Elvis has mentioned before, he does not like people who politic. And Jeff Jarrett was very much a politician because when he was in TNA, he booked himself to be the champion multiple times. Now, some people will say in his defense he was the one big star on there at the time, but, you know, Elvis didn't like that. You know, he's not a fan of politicians and wrestling. So, that's why I always I never fault Elvis for hating the wrestlers that he hates, because there's consistency in everything he says.
has. That's why he doesn't like Jarrett. That's why he didn't like Hogan. That's why he no longer likes the elite. Because he found out they were politicians. So, yeah, he does not like Jeff Jarrett. So when he found out Jarrett wasn't there, that was enough for him to say, fuck it all. Okay. I never had a problem with Jeff Jarrett. If you want to be politicians, I don't want to see it. Well, he's not in charge. He's not world champion. He'll be up there one day. Hopefully we can see him in some single head or stuff rather than attack. But I enjoyed living hell. I did not want to see him team up with those shitheads. I was like, do your own thing. Start your own thing. Start, he's like, like, you know, you're king in the mountain. Why don't you make your own faction called the mountains of wrestling? I don't know. And go from there. Moving on. Yeah. So next, uh, we cut to Renee, who's in the back with Jack Perry. As she asks about him and Luchasaurus. Yeah. He says, Christian Luchasaurus don't decide when it's over and what happened last week, which is the beginning. He says he will challenge them face-to-face on Rampage in regards to full gear. Good promo from Jungle Boy, Jack Perry. I was like, all right, dude. It's like he said, like, like he said a statement to uh, Luchasaurus. I guess I did that. He basically said, just because you're big doesn't mean I can't take you down. If he did the only thing his, I wrestled with his sons would do. And him with the chapel of cares, I put the fucker through a couple of tables. But at full gear, we need, it's, uh, it needs to be Christian Cage. The God it is. Do this right, ADW, because you're really starting to piss me the fuck off as long as Vinny. Anyways, I thought this was good. Vinny? Yeah. So, that's the thing. Well, the question we have to ask first is this. Is Christian medically clear? Because trust me, I want to see Jungle Boy and Christian at full gear, and I want to see Jungle Boy go over. But if he's not medically cleared, they can't do it, obviously. So, they would probably have to do something with Luchasaurus to end it all with him. And I don't know if they're going to wait till Revolution to pull the trigger on Jungle Boy and Christian. Uh, I, I Again, I don't know. Um, Because you can't do it on... I don't care how big of a show Winter is Coming is. You can't have Jungle Boy and Christian on free TV. That don't work. That do, that don't work for me or anyone else, brother. That That's a bad idea. Now, obviously, we'll know on Rampage, so by the time we come back next week to talk about Dynamite, we'll already know what the answer is, and I'm sure they'll bring it up and we'll address it then. Very true, sir. Okay, then. Moving on? Yes. We cut to uh, John Moxley, the AEW World Champion, who's accompanied by William Regal as he soaks in the absolute love and adoration of every single fan in attendance, and he says, Sir William Regal, how old was I when we met? 25, 26. I was young, full of piss and vinegar, and no arthritis yet. I thought I figured it out. I ran my mouth. I wanted to be feared and respected like you, so to get that, I picked a fight with you, and it didn't go well. You tortured me, kicked the hell out of me, and it pissed me off. It drove me to work harder, grow, and evolve. When I had a shot, I knocked you out with a knee, ripped your your ear near off. You finally said, now the real work begins. Mox said it reminds of MJF. He talks about their first match. He said, and I beat him badly and let him know where he stood. Now it's full circle. But what's different this time? Who is MJF? We know the rich, fake JC Penny clothing guy. He talked he talks the talk of the big time champ, but I actually am a multimillionaire, multi-champ. He calls himself a pillar without never having any weight to carry. He laughs at MJF, calling him the devil. He said, I've seen the devil, I've met him, I've looked in his eyes, I've been to bad places, I've seen bad people do bad things. You are not that at all. I want you to fulfill your potential. When you step into the ring in your hometown at full gear, everything you've done has been easy, but not this. Absolutely fucking wonderful. Another good promo with Maxwell and with John. He's just like, okay, he's like, like you're not the devil. I've seen the devil. I met the devil. No, Moxley, you probably had drinks and dinner with the devil. You're truly so have I. He's actually a nice guy. Anyways, he's kind of British. Anyways, but this right here was uh, fantastic between two. He basically said, okay, then, Mr. Uh, Mr. Rich Boy, you want a piece of me? I'm going to give you an ass kicking, like, from the slums. But this right here was fantastic. I loved every bit of that, but I was like, okay, because he actually spoke from the heart. But otherwise, now I thought it was really, really good. It was stellar. This was uh, exactly what Moxley needed to do, and he needed to set the tone for what this match should be, because it's true. MJF very seldom breaks 
breaks a sweat in a wrestling ring, in a wrestling match. The last real brutal, in fact, the only brutal match I've ever seen him really have was the dog collar match with Punk. Other than that, what brutal matches he really had? He had some good matches, but how brutal were they? I think this is... Not that brutal. Yeah, the dog collar match was the only real brutal match that MJF was really in. That's about it. And he lost that match, if I recall. He did. Now, the way I see it, Moxley needs to bring... Obviously, as I said before, MJF needs to go over at full gear. But it needs to be a dog fight. Like MJF, like Matt, like Moxley said, he's going to push him to his limit. MJF, I believe, needs to be pushed to that goddamn limit. It needs to be a fight. It needs to be a brawl. Dare I say, there needs to be blood. I'll say it. And I'm not talking about the traditional Moxley blood where he bleeds in every goddamn match. He's ba- It's like a modern day Ric Flair and that's not a compliment in this regard. <laughs> I want, I'm talking MJF needs, I think MJF needs to get color in this match. MJF needs to be bloody. He needs to be battered. He needs to be beaten. He needs to be exhausted. When he's holding up that AEW title, he needs to look like he went to fucking war to get that belt. And if it goes according to plan, here's what I want to see when it's over. I want to see a, res- a handshake of respect for MJF and John Moxley. Just like the handshake we thought him and Wheeler Eula were going to get. And I'm not saying MJF should join the Blackpool Combat Club. No. Do not do that. MJF doesn't need to be in a faction. It needs to be a respect thing. He shakes the hand of John Moxley. He shakes the hand of William Regal. And Regal endorses him and says, you earned it, son. You're the champ now. You got to where you need to be. Good on you. You know, that thing. And that needs to be the moment. And that's how you make MJF the babyface. Because he finally gets the validation that he wanted from William Regal all those years ago. When he was that young kid sending him promos and Regal telling him he wasn't good enough. Because MJF needs, and like he said, I'm going to earn it. And that's what he needs to do. He needs to earn it. No, he, no, no fuckery. No shortcuts. Obviously, he said, I don't need a diamond ring. None of that. This cannot end with MJF cheating to win. It can't. It can't. If it does, it'll fuck this whole storyline. Do not think for one second you can swerve everybody, have MJF cheat to win, and people are still going to go nuts. They'll make noise because MJF has the belt, but eventually it's going to kill the story. MJF needs to earn this shit. This is the perfect time, and this is the right way to go about it. Very, very true, sir. You could have said it better. But simply at full gear, they put on a stellar fucking match. This host is the house fight. I don't care if it's wrong. Both of them need to bleed and just do it right because AW, you're on that ice. And it's nothing away. Nothing's nothing. Okay, go ahead. Yes. Uh, Moxie celebrates as we see uh, the promo for the next match. But then we see a promo package for the Elite playing involving a clock and the boys going back in time with a bunch of steampunk gears teasing their return on november 19th what are we going to do if this happens well we just found the buzzkill moment for full gear basically kenny beta and the dumb fucks are apparently coming back at full gear and it's going to be the saddest moment of the fucking show and based on what happens is going to determine how i feel about these recaps going forward because obviously i'm not fucking happy about this at all me neither and there's a lot of AEW marks out there that are going to be happy about this and i'm gonna make a bold statement because i don't give a fuck anymore i'm gonna say it if you're happy these guys 
guys are back, you're not wrestling fans. I'm sorry, but you're not. You cannot tell me you love professional wrestling with all your heart and be even the slightest bit happy that these three clowns are back in business. I'm sorry, you can't. I can't take you seriously as a wrestling journalist. I can't take you seriously as a wrestling analyst. I can't take you seriously as a wrestling fan if you in any way, shape, or form endorse these three stooges because they are the three biggest cancers to the business. I've talked a lot of shit about a lot of wrestlers over the years. And and if you you look on the WWE side, there's at least three I would love to see piss up a rope. I don't hate any of them as much as I hate the elite. Promise you I don't. Why? Because those other three just annoy me. I mean, one I have a personal issue with, one I find incredibly annoying, the other I think is a spoiled princess, but she's not even close to being as spoiled as these three bitches are. And trust me, and there's going to be a Twitter poll coming out around this time, and I'm going to let you guys vote, and we're going to vote whether or not to include the elite in recaps. I may even put a poll out saying if you want me to continue recapping AEW at all. Because I know the second they come back, this show's not going to be watchable anymore. And I don't know how much longer I really want to put myself through this. So I'm going to let you guys decide. Because you guys, like I said, the numbers are the reason I continue to do this. So I need to know who really wants to hear me talk about AEW and who wants me to finally put the nail in the coffin. We'll find out in the future. Fuck my life. And I'm glad I did. She did. So, hold up. And it, it, no. I honestly agree with you in a certain second. Like, I mentioned some wrestlers that I fucking hate. One is a conspiracy fucking nutbag. One is a small princess. And a couple other people, like with Vinny, they go piss up a motherfucking rope. E3 pieces of shit. I'm like, I don't know, dude. If I see these seven, if I see them at full gear, I'm gonna be pissed. I was like, like, and I'm actually somewhat, somewhat looking to full gear. Not really, though. Fuck. Go ahead. So, next, um, we see a promo package hyping up the main event match between Brian and Guevara. Brian says Sammy represents all the disrespect from Jericho, Garcia, Wheeler. I'm going to use it to kick his head in. I did not care. I was like, once again, I see these two guys go at it. I was like, you guys suck. Okay, good promo from Daniel. Hopefully he wins. I really don't care. I don't like this anymore. AW, you're treading on melting fucking water over Miami Beach. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We got Jamie Hayter versus Sky Blue. Yeah. Like, I think that doesn't know. Okay, uh, the guy Blue tried to put up a good fight. She got a couple of boos in. She even got got a little off offense on uh, the breaker and the other person. I don't know who that is. And But then again, Jamie Hayter is not going to lose his hands. But why would she lose? Why would the number one contender who won this championship in AEW lose to somebody like Sky Blue? But Sky Blue tried to put up a fight. She didn't. She didn't prevail. Jamie Hayter did. One, two, three. Fed, done, match, ball game. Vinny, go ahead. The only indication you could have had that maybe Sky Sky Blue could have won this is the fact that Tony Storm was in her corner. She could have did something to cost Jamie the match. Which if mm-hmm. that had been the case wouldn't have hurt the momentum because it was Tony Storm helping. But this match was fucking garbage. And the reason it's garbage is because Sky Blue is greener than baby shit. Mm. She is not very experienced in a ring. She's not a good worker. And she's one of the few women on, she's one of, not, not few, one of many women on the roster who shouldn't be on the fucking roster. Because she can't work, she can't draw money, she has no idea what the fuck she's doing and this match was garbage Jamie Hayter's great there's money to be made with her but mm-hmm. Sky Blue was literally there the fact that this match went on longer this match went on longer than it should have mm-hmm. this should have been a squash mm-hmm. if you're gonna make this match longer you should have found somebody who can actually fucking work Sky Blue ain't the one what? what I said Sky Blue ain't the one I'm doing Stone Cold man what 
Yeah, don't do that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this match was a waste of fucking time. It was terrible. I agree with you, man. Didn't it need to be horrible, here. There's just it, it, it was it wasn't even filler. It was just terrible, horrible, sad to watch. Terrible. Uh, then after this, Hater celebrates as we run down the World Title Elimination Tournament between Brian Cage and Dante Martin. Cage hides up his size, and Dante says, "The bigger they are, the higher they fall." Cage says, "I am not a man. I am a machine." <laughs> <laughs> Dante Martin oh, against Brian Cage. Oh boy, Dante Martin did no go away. You're gonna be used like a toothpick against Brian Cage. Good luck to you, sir. You gotta have mercy on your soul. Oh, uh oh. Ready? Go ahead. Well, this match is gonna happen on Rampage, so thank God we don't have to fucking watch it. But I'm gonna say this: <laughs> I swear to God, <laughs> if Dante Martin goes over, oh, I'm done with God. this shit. I, I, Dante Martin goes over. Tony deserves to be slapped in the head repeatedly with a fucking tire iron. Just beaten to death in his office. If he's even considering putting Dante Martin over. Brian Cage should tear through this motherfucker like tissue paper. Okay? This shouldn't even be a match. No, it shouldn't. It shouldn't even happen. It shouldn't be booked in the first fucking place. It shouldn't be. No. Him, Dante Martin being Brian Cage, man. That's not believable at all. Dante Martin being a world champion or even getting a title shot is not fucking believable. The contract is not even believable. Yeah, so Brian Cage better damn well better win. This better be a match oh, to get Brian Cage to the next level because Brian Cage is worthy of being a champion. That motherfucker's got everything. I could do without some of the luchador crap, but I'll overlook that. But Dante Martin has no business going over in this match. And I swear to God, if he does, I can't take this Eliminator tournament seriously. Nope, neither can I. At all. No, fuck it to death. And then we cut to Alex Marvez in the back as Lance Archer destroys Ricky Starks and says everybody dies. Why? I don't know. Where the fuck has he been? I didn't recognize him with his longer hair that's gray and white. I was like, wait a minute, Lance Archer, where the fuck have you been? All of a sudden, he attacked Ricky Starks for no reason whatsoever. Okay, I guess you're bored in your life. Life, you giant fucking oaf. I, I didn't mean that, Lance Archer. Don't come hurt me. Anyways, I didn't give a <laughs> shit about this. Moving on. Shut up. Mm. Mean. Oh, wait, I, I think it's because they're facing each other in the uh, world title Eliminator Tournament. Yeah, that's not another non-believable match right there. Yeah, because apparently they got, um, they're doing three, apparently um, on Rampage they're doing three of the matches of the quarterfinal matches and then I think next week they're going to have the semifinals and the finals at full gear. That's what I think is going to happen here. Because Ethan Page already advanced, they got Bandito and Roosh facing each other then they got Lance Archer and Ricky Starks and then Brian Cage and Dante Martin. So and then we're going to see who advances from that. So that sounds horrible. The only thing I want to see at the end of that is Lance Archer against Brian Cage. Like right now, when I look at this tournament the way it is right now, there's only two people I would like to see get a shot at the world title that could actually be world champion. Who would that be? Brian Cage or Ricky Starks. No, Lance Archer? No. Okay, I'll have I to mean, ask you about that later. I mean, he'd probably be like third, maybe, but like, I don't see it. He's more believable than Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks, dude, Ricky Starks is like unbelievably fucking talented. Dude, we've seen plenty of big guys lose matches like this. Don't, don't, don't act like because of his size, he's got some kind of advantage. I, I'm just sick and tired of screwing over Lance Archer. He's good. They won't use him. I like Lance Archer. Well, because they like to use their acrobatic people. <sighs> Fuck you, God, 
Okay, moving on. So, but that's why he's attacking him. He's trying to get a, he's trying to get an advantage before the match at Rampage. And then on that note, we move on to the main event of the evening: a two out of three oh, falls God. match. Sammy Guevara with Ty Cunty versus Brian Danielson. Okay, can I say can I say one of your sayings? Go ahead. Been there, done that, smoked it, pump it, hauled an Uber. Sorry, <laughs> this right here is topical fucking bullshit. It was all fluff, all kiss, all insecurities, jumping off the top rope, going through the t- going off the top rope, jumping off this, jumping off that. I didn't know I was watching wrestling in a circus act. It was a circus act. All right, but no. Horrible. Bullshit. Ugly. No. Something filth. Something filth. Evil. Bullshit. Acrobatic bullshit. Okay. Danny, I want to say what I usually say. Was this bad? No, it was sad. Um, At least parts of it were. Um, I mean, first of all, the first fall is a DQ because he tries to take out his eye with a microphone, which is a microphone with a cord attached to it. Um, am I the only one that noticed the wireless mic next to the one with the wire on it? Yeah, here's a bright idea, Sammy. You want to take somebody's eye out with a fucking microphone? Maybe grab the wireless one? Stupid. (laughs) The only time you should ever grab a microphone with a microphone cord or wire attached to it is if you're going to take the cord and wrap it around somebody's fucking neck. Stupid. And he tells the microphone, can anybody hear you? No, motherfucker, it ain't plugged in. Courtesy of Red Foreman. Dumbass. (laughs) Or if it was plugged in, somebody didn't turn the volume up on the amp. Thank God they didn't. Fucking stupid ass. That's the type of shit you see. That's the type of technical shit, issue shit you see at indie shows. Which basically makes the match look outlaw. It looks like a mud show. Who the fuck? Because other than mud shows, I don't know anybody else that uses microphones with cords anymore. That has microphone wires attached to it. In this day and age. Unless you're at an indie show. And there's not much of a budget. And they have to use a cord and shit. Because you can't afford the wireless mics. That was fucking stupid. And then of course he gets back in the ring. The crowd chants, fuck you Sammy. Then all of a sudden there's brief fighting. He hits the GTH. One, two, three. Sammy gets the second fall. And the third fall drags on a little longer. Which you had to get those two falls out of the way fast. Because time was of the essence. It was of the essence. I was like, I was watching. I was like, is this? I'm going to miss this. But they recorded over the other show. I was like, okay, it's not doing that right here. But this right here went on way too long. Two fall, three fall. Yeah. I was like, no. Oh, this is horrible. Yeah, and they're doing trio. I didn't mind the match. Yeah. And then they're just bu- them two. Yeah, they're doing a bunch of spot monkey shit. And Sammy with a shooting star pressed to the floor onto Brian because that, yeah, let's, why not? Let's do the unsafe, stupid shit because we don't care about our bodies. And it was just, it was stupid. From start to finish, the whole thing Didn't was we... fucking stupid. And again, I'm going to say this. I'm done Uh-oh. with the passing out finish. Ugh. Enough already. Okay? It's lost its magic. It's lost its luster. It no longer does anything to benefit the other person because you do it all the fucking time. When you take a finish and you use it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, it kills the magic. It's Sammy Guevara. Unless he's winning the Ring of Honor world title at full gear, which I highly doubt he's gonna, he can tap out. A tap out doesn't always bury someone, especially if the person is a heel. A heel can tap out and live to fight another day. Why? Because they're heels. You fucking idiots. We do not (laughs) need people. The pass out should be done by a baby face. 
face. So that way the baby face used his grit and his determination and refused to give up. So you had to choke him out to win. You use that to elevate a baby face, not a heel. This is what happens when you have marks booking a show. Because they do shit just to do it. Without understanding the reason why it's being done and the impact and the power that it serves. Finishes like this are done for a reason. They're not meant to be overused. And that's all I've seen them do. Whether it's Daniel Bryan, whether it's John Moxley, they just choke somebody out. Because God forbid anyone should tap anymore. What the fuck are you elevating Sammy for? There's no reason to. Nobody wants to see Sammy do anything in AEW. He is garbage. He's a garbage wrestler. He is a garbage person. And the fact that his lips are rocked, are wrapped around the cock of Jericho is the only reason he still has a job in the first fucking place. That's the only thing saving him. Every night his lips are wrapped around the cock of Jericho and he sucks it off, man. <laughs> That's why he has a job still. The only thing this did, yeah, it helped out Brian Danielson. It got him a win. It'd have been better if he tapped. This is fucking stupid. I hate it. Zach, you got anything to say about this abortion before I wrap this shit up? Nope. I said what I had to say. You had to say that AEW, your guys for the last two weeks, several weeks in a row, guys' car have sucked. Get it the fuck together and quickly. Yeah. We got because I'm done staying up to one o'clock in the morning talking about this shit. Yeah, well, we got and we got one more show um before the before full gear, which is on Saturday. So I'm just gonna wrap up this recap of AEW. Zach, as always, I thank you for taking time and busy schedule to join us, and look forward to seeing you on the next one. I'm looking forward to doing it with you, but I'm not looking forward to doing the show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, make sure you guys uh, follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor, Anchor, Spotify, Spotify, Google Podcast. Podcast and iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash the Boochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Uh, check out our uh, our uh, video regarding uh, Crown Jewel where we gave the predictions uh, for the show. And of course, next week, be on the lookout for the recap on the male soap opera moment with me and the Wens talking about the recap of Crown Jewel and everything that went down in Saudi Arabia. Also, so, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. You latest tweets, photos, and videos. Check out the reel of Zach and I fighting over the capsules. Got great reviews on Instagram already. If you haven't already seen it, check it out. It's fucking hilarious. And of course, um, visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content. And be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content may be, will be posted. Uh, by now, you'll check out the, uh, we have the, uh, the steroid trials episode of Dark Side of the Ring dropping. So make sure you guys go to the YouTube channel right now. Go check that out. It reveals a special announcement at the end of that video regarding special projects. One in particular, Zach and I have been working on or continue to work on. It's going to be available to you guys very soon. So make sure you check out the steroid trials for that big announcement. Also, make sure you're following us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, November the 26th for the WWE Survivor Series. We'll be getting together for the uh, first time ever as the main roster will present War Games! The female War Games match is already being formed. Hope you'll find out more about the men's War Games match to come very soon. Also, uh, we have our live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, and another special treat in the works. Also, you can support the Boochcast by going to 
anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. Our first level is 99 cents, $1 per month. That's the first option. Second option is $4.99, $5 per month. Same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we have the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. per month. Same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since sold with the Peacock, you got to know where to put that $9.99. Send $9.99. Bring it over here. We got better content in the network. And unlike All Elite Wrestling, we actually care about our fans. are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. Now, the best part is all the money that we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment. We used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they're to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest to give uh, Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles and try to get him laid so he doesn't try to cock block his friends. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, <laughs> a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, pizza baby. baby. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all. Goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.